welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing this week, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope that this week has been better for you. I'd like to take a moment to tell you again about the Mary Max store and the lovely products that are there, not just for yourself, but to give to others who are grieving the death of a loved one. One of my favorites is a youth t-shirt that we give to young people who are grieving the death of a loved one, a parent, a sibling, even a grandparent. My favorite is the I Remember t-shirt with the Heart of Gold logo. It's just a beautiful shirt, and I think it will be a lovely gift to those who are grieving. So I hope you'll go to my store. You can go to marymac.info, click on the store tab at the top, and it'll bring you right over there, and look at our other collections. I think all of them are very special. So in this episode, I want to talk to you about individuals who are beloved by millions around the world and who have died. When tragedy happens to these individuals, we are struck by our grief reactions. Sometimes we aren't really sure why we would be so affected. After all, we don't personally know them. We more than likely never met them, but their work and personality have affected us deeply over many years, and we admired them, respected them, appreciated them for their good work, the entertainment they provided, and their authentic spirit. This connected us with them, and we are grateful. So when something happens to one of them, We hurt for them and for us. One year ago, actually on February 9th, I created an episode entitled When Someone Famous is Sick or Has Died, honoring Alex Trebek, Rush Limbaugh, and Kobe Bryant. I showcased the lives of these three extraordinary men and all they accomplished in their lives. I wanted to revisit this since now Alex Trebek and recently Rush Limbaugh have passed away. Alex Trebek was born in July of 1940 in Sudbury, Canada, and until the age of 12, he attended Jesuit schools. He finished high school in Ottawa and then went on to study philosophy at the University of Ottawa. After entering the journalism field, he then realized it would be more lucrative to host game shows. 
After hosting two in Canada, he made his way to Hollywood in 1973 and hosted other short-lived game shows. But it was in 1984 that Alex took the helm at Jeopardy, and it quickly became one of the most popular game shows in America, winning four Daytime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Game Show Host and has been on the air for over three decades. In 1990, he married Jean, and they have two children, Emily and Matthew. He has also been a spokesperson for various international charities, including World Vision and the Smile Train. He had participated in 13 USO tours for American troops overseas and received the prestigious Bob Hope Entertainment Award in 1998. In March 2019, he announced that he had been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. And although for many this would be very difficult news, Alex fought a valiant battle with this illness, coming in regularly to tape Jeopardy even when he was so ill from his cancer treatments. He wanted the show to go on. Yet on Sunday, November 8, 2020, Alex Trebek died, leaving behind his loving wife and children. He will always be remembered for the entertainment and education he provided to millions of viewers around the world for so many decades, as well as his philanthropic works. Our second featured celebrity was Rush Limbaugh. Born on January 12, 1951, and just this week, on Wednesday, February 17, 2021, succumbed to lung cancer at the age of 70. He was born in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and attended one year at Southeast Missouri State University. His family was prominent in the community, and his paternal grandfather served as U.S. Ambassador to India under President Dwight D. Eisenhower. He also had an uncle who was a federal judge during President Ronald Reagan's administration, and his father was an attorney. He knew at the tender age of eight that he wanted a career in radio. But his father wanted him to find a more suitable job, a more stable job, and Rush was looked upon as the rebel in the family because he wouldn't fall in line with his father's wishes. Rush landed his first job in radio while in high school, using the name Rusty Sharp, working as a DJ at a local radio station. Because he was deemed too controversial, as a news commentator, he was fired in stations in Missouri and Pennsylvania, and after a stint with the Kansas City Royals baseball team, he took a job as an on-air host at KFBK in Sacramento, California in the mid-1980s. In less than a year, his ratings were off the charts, and he became known as Sacramento's top radio host. It was in 1988 that the Rush Limbaugh Show was nationally syndicated from New York City on ABC Radio 
and since then has single-handedly created the conservative political talk show genre. It has been on the radio for three decades and at one point became the highest-rated American talk show program. Rush has also authored numerous books, including his 1992 bestseller, The Way Things Ought to Be, and in 1993, see, I told you so. Also in 1993, Rush was inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame and the National Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame in 1998. He's a five-time winner of the National Association of Broadcasters Marconi Award for Excellence in Syndicated and Network Broadcasting. With a national listening audience of 25 million people each weekday for three hours on 650 radio stations, he reviewed the landscape of conservative American politics and helped his devoted fans to better understand the intentions of the parties and politicians. In early February 2020, Rush revealed he had been diagnosed with end-stage lung cancer. At the 2020 State of the Union Address, President Donald Trump awarded him with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the most prestigious medal given to civilians. He's been married to Catherine Adams Limbaugh since June 5th, 2010, and they were able to celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary last year. It was Catherine who announced his death this past Wednesday at the beginning of his regular weekday show. It has been said that he contributed over $50 million to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and millions more to help veterans and other family and friends, and even strangers who needed assistance, all with a caveat that the help be anonymous. Many talk show hosts honor him as crucial to the careers they now have. I did some research to learn of other prominent individuals who have died over the year, and I was amazed. Some I heard along the way, and others I missed in the reporting of their passing. Some in entertainment, including Chadwick Boseman, the actor who played the Black Panther, and also portrayed the baseball player Jackie Robinson in the movie 42. He was only 43 and died from cancer. So many of us were shocked when we heard the news of his passing, mostly because few knew he was even ill. Like Alex and Rush, Chadwick wanted to work until he couldn't any longer. Their work and audience were their life. Others in the entertainment field were Christopher Plummer, most noted for portraying Captain Von Trapp in The Sound of Music, but went on to enjoy a wonderful career as an actor in many other films. We also lost actress Cicely Tyson, who I enjoyed so much.
and Kelly Preston, wife of John Travolta and mother of Ella and Ben, and also Jed, who predeceased her. We also lost Sean Connery, who played 007 in several of the James Bond movies. A very prolific actor of Bollywood fame in India was Irfan Khan, who starred in Slumdog Millionaire, Jurassic World, Life of Pi, and The Amazing Spider-Man. He died in April 2020 at only 53 years of age. Noted musicians who left us were Eddie Van Halen on October 6 at the age of 65, an extraordinary guitarist who formed the band Van Halen with his brother and went on to great fame for his work. Also, Chick Corea, who was a jazz artist winning 23 Grammys for his music. And then, being a lover of baseball, we lost seven Hall of Famers in 2020, including Tommy Lasorda, the longtime manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Tom Seaver, the New York Mets ace pitcher, who was instrumental in winning the 1969 World Series, as well as Lou Brock, Don Larson, Whitey Ford, and Hank Aaron, who holds the hitting record. So when we are affected by the death of someone who is famous, some may think it's weird to feel sadness when people who brought joy into our lives become ill or die. But we feel that their contribution to society was much more than the average citizen, and often we want to express that pain with others who also understand the magnitude of the situation. When we have followed someone's career, bought their products, watched their movies or plays, listened to their television or radio shows on a regular basis, we feel like they are family to us. We connected with them in so many ways, and when they are gone, we grieve, just as if a family member has died. Now, granted, it might not be for as long and as deep as someone we lived with, loved, and built a life with. But the loss of their art, to know they will never again offer that talent, is so sad. Knowing we'll never again see them perform, or speak live, or write again, to never connect with us as they have in previous years, is distressing. We feel the void over time. If a musician or actor dies, their work lives on through music and film that they produced and can be appreciated for many decades to come. When we hear their songs, it brings us back to a memorable time in our life when we may have been more carefree and the lyrics may have made a profound impact on our lives at that time. We may have even given an artist credit for helping us through a particularly difficult and dark period in our life, and hearing those songs again bring back not only that time in our lives, but all that went with it. 
When someone famous is struggling with an illness, we want to reach out and encourage and send prayers for them during such an incredibly difficult challenge in their life and that of their families. Most of us have seen family members, perhaps even ourselves, go through the rigors of treatment, surgery, and other procedures and know how difficult that can be for them and their supporting family members. It may be that one of our own loved ones who had passed away was a great fan of the celebrity who had died. Thoughts of how often they enjoyed the work and entertainment of that celebrity will bring back feelings of melancholy for us. My cousin Maureen posted a social media comment for her father with the words, Dad, I know you are happy to welcome your longtime friend and look forward to long conversations together after the death of Rush Limbaugh this week. The next day, she posted a beautiful photo of her father with her firstborn daughter, Caitlin, as a baby. It was so precious. You may think about your loved one more now than perhaps you did a few weeks ago. That's the funny thing about grief. It creeps back up when you least expect it. Not to the extent it did in the beginning, but enough that you ponder about their death and also how much they loved that celebrity. And it's all good. At this point, it might even bring a small smile to your face. The pain is less severe. It's more about good memories. We also connect with how the celebrity died or was killed. If our loved one struggled with cancer or died in a helicopter or plane crash, as Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and others on the helicopter did last year, we will be much more impacted right now. And this is perfectly natural. It brings up your grief again, and this can be several years later. It might hurt you or cause great sadness, but no that you don't have to go back to day one. You can recover more easily from this sidestep. Just keep things in perspective. Also, we have a strong sense of empathy for others. We look at life a little differently. If we have never gone through such a struggle or tragedy, we get to look at this process through the lens of someone else's life. We get to see how difficult life can be, and in a sense, we have a better understanding and appreciation for our own life and how good it truly is right now. The sad truth is, no one gets out of this life unscathed. We all have turmoil at some point. It might not be illness, but it might be addiction or the death of someone very close to you. It might also be the sudden and tragic death by something like a plane crash or helicopter crash or car crash. I think about how Alex Trebek and his wife, who had a long, happy marriage, with children. 
I think about how Rush and his wife Catherine were able to celebrate their 10th wedding anniversary last year. And while they had no children, they put together energy and effort in writing and publishing the Rush Revere book series for children, which teaches them the history of the United States of America. Young children would actually call into Rush's radio program and thank him for writing the books and express how much they enjoyed them. And I also think of Vanessa Bryant, who had just commemorated the first anniversary of Kobe and Gianna's death in January of 2021, as well as the other families in the helicopter crash who lost loved ones. They all are rebuilding lives and dealing with their own grief after such a sudden, tragic loss. But the Bryants had two daughters, Natalia and Gianna, both born in the earlier part of their marriage, and after Kobe's retirement, had two additional daughters, Bianca and Capri. As the creator of the Foundation for Grieving Children, Inc., which is the first national nonprofit public charity in the United States, which raises funds for the benefit of children, teens, and young adults. After a loved one's death, I feel so heartbroken for Natalia, who lost her closest sister Gianna and her father. And for the little ones, just an infant and toddler, who will only see photos, videos, and the memories that their mother and older sister will tell them as they grow up. In decades past, many of us remember when President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. I was only a little thing back then, but I still remember shadows of that day when the principal came on the public announcement system and told us the sad news and that classes were canceled for the rest of the day. I remember being in the elevator in my apartment building and all these adults were packing in because they all came home early from work. And here I was in the middle, looking up to sobbing parents of my friends. Five years later, in 1968, I was old enough to better understand when Robert Kennedy and Martin Luther King were also assassinated only two months apart, in April and June of that year. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, and my father was watching the television as the reports had come in from California that Bobby Kennedy had been shot and killed. I didn't know everything that was going on at that point, but I knew enough to understand this was serious and it left an indelible stamp in my mind. And as I tell you this, I can see the living room sitting next to my father, just watching, observing him, and taking it all in. As life moved on, we witnessed the explosion of the Challenger in 1986, another human tragedy. And I'll never forget the sudden violent death of Princess Diana on Labor Day weekend in 1999, which shattered the lives of her two young sons, Prince William and Prince Harry. The terrorist attack on the World Trade Center's Twin Towers in New York City 
On Tuesday, September 11, 2001, crushed our sense of security, and like President Kennedy's assassination, anyone alive on 9-11 will tell you exactly where they were. Now, we may not have known anyone who was connected to the Kennedy or King family, nor anyone whose astronaut hero was called dad or mom, son or daughter, sister or brother, or who were close to Princess Diana, her sons or other family. And we might not have even known anyone touched by the murder of nearly 3,000 people on 9-11. But these tragedies affect us. They make us realize life is short. Life is fragile. How we treat each other is everything. We now live in a social media world where we are given the ability to tap on a few keys and express how horrible we feel after someone in the spotlight is ill or has died. We get to tell that person how much they meant to us, what an impact they are having on our life or have made on our lives. We get to send our love to them and encourage them or their survivors during such a difficult and painful period in their life. We let them know they are not alone, and in so doing, we confirm for ourselves that we are not alone either. We are collectively loving each other when we do this. We collectively help one another to not feel we are the only ones feeling this grief. We are collectively soothing ourselves at the prospect of losing such a valuable member of our society who contributed so much. Perhaps much more than we ourselves contributed. It helps us to realize if we hadn't considered it before that life is not infinite. At some point, it comes to an end. And many of us, until our idol or hero is ill or dies, don't take the time to reflect on our own experience, our own existence, our own life, and be appreciative for it. No, we might not be famous in anyone's eyes, well, except perhaps our spouse, children, or parents. So we sometimes live vicariously through our heroes, and that's okay. Just as long as we always remember to make the very most of each day. Say thank you to God that we get to see another day, even if it's not perfect that you get to say thank you for all you have, all you are able to do, all you are able to give. Each of these famous folks, in sports, radio, television, movies, music, and more, all make it a point of giving back in big ways. They may not have wanted all the glory from their philanthropy, but that's what makes it so special. When you give secretly, it's so much more fun. You have risen above being acknowledged for your gift.
You've left the envelope with cash in their mailbox or under their keyboard because you hear they were having a hard time. No names, no fanfare, just love. Perhaps you can join me in this practice. One of my favorite things to do is just leave whatever you can share in an envelope for them when you hear about someone struggling financially. Maybe you heard they were having car troubles and needed a new battery. Maybe their child needed new books. Maybe a parent needed additional medicine. It doesn't matter the need. Keep your ears poised for these types of conversations and bless them when you can. It will make you feel incredibly satisfied that you could help them. But just remember, don't let them know it was you. That's the best part. (laughs) So as I close, I want to thank Alex Trebek for the many years of knowledge he poured into my life. When I watch Jeopardy and get an answer correct, I am secretly wondering why the money I won on that answer doesn't just spit out of the TV like an ATM. (laughs) Can you just picture that? I've been waiting for that to happen for years. Alex, we bless your memory. Rush, you've graced the radio waves for over three decades and brought great knowledge, wisdom, political education, and commentary to over 20 million folks each weekday, three hours a day. I commend you for your stamina and dedication to your passion. Along the way, both you and Catherine created a fantastic series of children's books that will live on forever. Your philanthropy is well known, and countless families, especially military families, have benefited from your great work. There are no words that can express the monumental impact you have made on the political landscape of the United States of America. You love this country, and it was evident. May you rest in peace and enjoy having extraordinary conversations with all your fans in heaven who are celebrating your return to God. And Catherine, we honor you for the unwavering love and support you gave to Rush throughout your relationship and especially during his illness. Your selflessness gave him the ability to share more of his brilliance with us, and for that we are forever grateful. To Kobe Bryant's family, Vanessa and Natalia Capri and Bianca, may you always know how special your husband and father were to all who knew him and celebrated his success. He was a great lover of those who were sick and challenged and so enjoyed being a secret Santa all year long. He never wanted any credit for his good works. And for the memory of Gianna, who also loved her father's sport and pursued her love of the game, may you be comforted knowing she was so happy reaching for her own dream. And to the families of all our other celebrities we mentioned, 
May you be comforted knowing how much we love you and pray for you during your journey through the grieving process. I think sometimes that there are many fans in heaven who waited patiently for your loved one's return and are so happy to enjoy their presence again now. Meanwhile, I'm sending much love to you and all consuming hugs. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. And I know you think it's wacky, but just do it for me anyway, okay? you so much for listening in today and share my podcast with those who may benefit from this knowledge. Remember to write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. If you'd like to leave a comment on this episode, go to my site marymac.info and let your heart share what it needs to share. For gifts for yourself and others who are grieving, visit the Mary Mac store and remember to sign up for my private list so we can stay in touch. You will receive my free book as well. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.